Welcome to Opening the Door podcast. Join me as we unlock the door to our psychic and mediumship abilities. Today, you'll hear a conversation I had with Juan Francisco. We cover a lot of stuff in this episode, and I decided to call it Hot Takes with Juan Francisco because we give our hot takes about social media and psychic work. We talk about sex. We dispel a lot of myths around being enlightened, in quotes, and being human and what that means to us. And this is just a really open conversation about what our thoughts are about all of that stuff and it's definitely like a little bit of a spicy episode and I can't wait for you to hear this before we hop into this episode I just wanted to remind you that opening the door podcast website is live you can book mini readings with me you can book live zoom readings with me you can buy digital downloads of guided meditations guided by me and all of that good stuff there and If you want to sign up for my email list, I won't bother you too much. And you get a free digital download of my 22 days of spirituality. You get more than 22 idea prompts for your 22 days and a little bit about how to go about doing that. As you saw on my social media, I did my 22 days of spirituality, which was a really fun journey. And I will be doing an episode on that soon. Enjoy the episode. And remember, don't be afraid to open your door. Today, we're welcoming Juan to opening the door. Juan Francisco has always felt the presence of the other side in his life, but it was in his 20s when his abilities grew even stronger, particularly in the middle of conducting a tarot reading in 2021. This experience inspired him to begin his practice as an intuitive worker and to launch his podcast, Third Eye Sight, which has been downloaded by listeners across the globe. For his work, Juan has been featured in Women's Health UK and on spiritual podcasts such as Mediumship Matters. He lives in New York City. Juan, welcome to Opening the Door Podcast. Hi, Haley. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited. Yeah, so excited to connect with you. And as I was saying before we hit record, I have really loved listening to your podcast, Third Eyesight, recently. So anybody's listening, if you're looking for more mediumship, psychic content, definitely go check out Juan's podcast, Third Eyesight. Also love the name. So good. So good. Well, thank you. Thank you. I don't know about you, but this is, this is not how I usually start, but since we both have a podcast, what was your process for picking your podcast name? Like, what did that look like for you? Well, actually it's funny you ask that because I first came up with Third Sight doesn't flow as well. Third site. And then it was actually Natalie Namaste <laughs> who told me, like, add the word I in the middle because it's like three words, third I, three, three. Um, and then just it just flows really well. Third I site. So yeah, yeah that, that's literally it, it, I, I can't give myself full credit. I definitely give her a lot of the credit. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah. And Natalie was on. Gosh, I forget which episode number. It's in the 40s, I think. Maybe episode 40 of the podcast. So go ahead and listen to that, everybody, too, if you haven't listened to that one. But yeah, oh my gosh, I found naming my podcast so nerve-wracking, almost. Like, I had so many lists of names, all this different stuff, and I played with it for for quite a while. So, And I love the idea of bouncing it off other people, definitely. Like, yeah, it's really it's hard to pick to a name because yeah. there are there's so <laughs> many podcasts out there with good names and and I love opening the door and 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 I love the sound. Uh, I'm sure people hear like that that sound effect at the beginning of the episode of a door opening. Yeah. Like it's just such a perfect metaphor for this work that we do. I think it's great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and it just makes sense like in terms of my own origin story, which I'm I'm sure we'll 
hop into at some point, not on this podcast, but if anybody's listening and this is your first time listening, I have sort of my origin story in episode one. So, but let's get into it. That was just a really random question to start with, but tell me a little bit about the beginning of your spiritual journey. Where did it all start for you and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, thank you. So I don't know if you've had this experience. I'm sure some listeners have too, where, well, my experience is I grew up not knowing that I could read mediumistically or even psychically. But now that I look back at my childhood and think of some memories I have or experiences I had, I now see maybe it was always there. So I don't know if you've ever felt that way too, but like as as a child, um, well, first of all, I grew up in a very spiritually progressive family with my parents telling me your grandmother's looking after you, your uncle's looking after you, like they're around you, they're angels. And I did go into, for various reasons, I, I was not happy in the school that I was in. And my parents felt like the best decision was to put me in a Roman Catholic school, which actually ended up working for me from an emotional standpoint, I think the mysticism of Catholicism and just being in an, in an environment where there was uh, open spirituality was really helpful for me as a kid. Um, at the same time, I wasn't in the closet gay gay kid. So it was very complicated. But I um, went to Roman Catholic middle school, elementary middle school, a Protestant Christian Protestant high school, and that was not easy. And being an in the closet gay kid and very afraid of that and all the internal homophobia that I was that was I was harboring I became a born again Christian in high school and college and there's a point to me saying all of this but uh in in college is when I had my first relationship with um my best guy friend at the time we were friends for seven years we tried going to a relationship I don't strongly recommend that because <laughs> being in a relationship with a best friend of seven years it's it's tough was not thinking it through I was 20 21 but that relationship even though it was very short-lived it showed me that I could be happy and guilt-free being in a same-sex relationship and expressing my sexuality and my love for somebody else of the same sex and I read these books called conversations with God which is a series of books by Neil Donald Walsh and I started watching like Long Island Medium and just like being very interested in this realm of the supernatural, the paranormal, from ghost tours to paranormal investigations. I'm, I've just always been obsessed with that since I was a little kid too, but especially now more so in my adulthood as I was embracing myself and embracing the different possibilities of, of living and of experiencing life and beyond. And then um, 2019, I was at a holiday market in New York City at Bryant Park and they had a, a bookstore stand and I had been read by, actually by Natalie, not my stay. Um, she gave me a reading several months before with tarot cards. And I thought, this is really interesting. I'm kind of intrigued by this. I want to learn. And um, I was at this holiday market and I, I bought myself my first tarot card deck, Rider Waite Smith deck. And I just kind of kept it there. It was sitting in my place um, at the time where I was living and then I was laid off by my job because of the pandemic in March 2020 was laid off and for six months was not working. I was looking very hard for work, but I had all this time to study. So I studied the tarot by, by myself, self-taught. Um, and then in 2021, then we're coming to the tail end of the story. But in 2021, I did a reading exchange with with um, with I, I can share this because I've, I've talked about this with, with Natalie on my podcast. I did a reading exchange with Natalie and another a mutual friend of ours. So she read the two of us and I read the two of them. And when I read her on this one single tarot, it was the, the, the strength card. I asked her if there was a Leo in her life that meant a lot to her for you know better or worse. 
And she mentioned the name of a friend whom I knew had passed away. And I knew his life was taken away, taken away from him, unfortunately, but I, I didn't know the details beyond that. And after the reading ended, I gave her a message of like encouragement that I felt was coming from the card related to him. But after the reading ended, I just started seeing these random images of memories of the two of them that I'm like, where is this coming from? <laughs> and I told her what I was seeing and she validated it as it ringing true for her. But then he also made me feel the way he passed. Like I physically felt it and it was so intense and I wanted to tell her, but I didn't want to re-traumatize her. So I was in this moment of really struggling. What do I, it was like two different things happening at once. Number one, what do I do? What do I say? Do I say nothing? And number two, who am I to experience this? Why am I experiencing this? It doesn't make any sense. I honestly felt like unworthy of, of feeling it. And from that day forward, I've been part of a mediumship circle that I go to almost every week. Um, I started with like pay as you wish readings. I, I wanted to really make sure I was practicing this before I made it a business. Um, and so I've been reading folks professionally for the last two years, but reading and practicing for the last three or four, three years. Yeah. That's my long story, my long journey to, to where I am today. Yeah. I love that. I think so many good things to mention. First of all, I want to say, I totally got goosebumps when you're talking about all that stuff flowing through, uh, for that sort of first time that, that terror reading that where you sort of really tapped into your mediumship. Wow. What a powerful experience. And I love that you touched on the feeling of like unworthiness or just sort of wondering like why me like one of the feelings I have a lot or you, well, I still have it, but a lot more when I was really starting was like, why, why should I think that I can do this? Like almost like just my ego being like, why do you think that you can do this? It's so interesting that those feelings that come up in, in this type of work, and obviously it helps your own spiritual growth, but also is, is really healing to other people. So I love that you mentioned that there's one thing at the end too, that you said, Oh yeah. Pay as you wish readings. I love the the thought of that. And I want to explain my reasoning here because I don't know, maybe this is controversial. You tell me, uh, re- or, you know, listeners, you can write me in and tell me if this is controversial, but sometimes I feel like in this day and age, everybody just jumps to charging like hundreds of dollars an hour when they're just starting out. And I, I honestly feel like it's like, we kind of all have to I'm not saying you have to charge 20 bucks. Like it doesn't have to be super, super low or anything, but just the thought of, of knowing that there's room to grow within your skill. Like you're going to be better. If you started January, 2022, you're going to be better in January, 2023. Am I, am I losing my track here? Yeah. Just not charging an exorbitant amount amount of money when you first start. I don't know. I just, I really like that. Yeah. Cause the, the reason I decided not to charge when I first started is because people, whether it's a tarot card reading or a mediumship reading, people are coming to me, to us who do this work with sometimes very big, large questions. Like, should I stay with my boyfriend? (laughs) That is not a light question to ask. Or I want to connect with my mother because I can't get over her, her passing. I'm still grieving so much. I didn't feel comfortable charging, this is me personally, like $75, $50 for an hour. I charge more than that now because of my experience now, but at the time, like, I'm not going to charge $50 for an hour, right? As I've just found out I can do this because if I say I I haven't, I don't have the experience to know when I've said the wrong, said the right thing the wrong way or said the wrong thing, or I've interpreted something the wrong way. And if I'm holding somebody's grief in my hands, I need to take that very seriously. And I, I have seen folks who 
they discover their ability, which I believe we all have the ability, but they discover it or rediscover it, so to speak. And then they, they charge $150, $200 an hour, right? When they've started, I'm like, I mean, if it works for them and if they're truly tapped in and they feel confident and it works, that's great. But I just, I always recommend people ease into it because we could really trigger somebody if we're not careful. Yes, I agree. I think you just worded that so much better than I could have. Um, yeah. You worded like, it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, totally agree with that. So totally an aside. What do you think in in your growing up, in your childhood, what are some of the things that sort of hinted to you that you might have the ability to tap further into these abilities that you've honed now? Well, one thing, the first thing I'll mention, and um, one of my my good friends, she is the facilitator of my mediumship circle that I've been a part of for several years now. And she always says that all you need to start delving into this work, even if you don't do it for pay, just to enjoy it, is your curiosity. Like curiosity plays such a big part in it. So as a kid, I was always super curious and intrigued by what happens when we die and what is heaven like. And to be quite honest, and I've talked about this before um, on my own platforms, but I grew up with an intense fear of dying. Intense. As at three or four, I would have panic attacks about it in the backseat of the car. And to be honest, I still get panic attacks, like slight panic attacks about it once in a while. And you would think, I think people would assume that because I do this work that I'm like, I'm ready to die whenever it happens. But I, I still, there's still a mystery to me. I don't know what it's like unless I'll ever have a near death experience, um, which knock on what I hope I don't, but if it happens, it's meant to be, unless that were to happen, I won't ever know what it looks like. I can only maybe share what it may feel like through a reading, but that doesn't encapsulate it. So the mystery of that, I was always intrigued by as a kid. Um, but as a kid also, I remember one time, um, my aunt who is living at that time, I was three or four in the house and I heard her calling my name, but she lived across the country. And I'm like, what is that about? I still don't know what that was about. Maybe she was thinking of me at the moment, who knows? And then um, one time I was in the hallway of our home and I, it's interesting because as a little kid, I thought this home, there was something off about it. I don't know what it was, but it just felt like we weren't alone. And I never talked about it with my parents at the time until maybe a few years ago, and even my mother confirmed, yeah, that there was something weird about that home. But as in that home, I was in the hallway. And I remember staring at the hallway, like the stairwell where there was this light that was on or off one or the other. I was just staring at it. And I don't know why I can't remember what I was looking at. But the light switched. I forgot if it was on already or off already, but it switched to the opposite, whatever it was. And I remember running to my parents and freaking out. I don't know if you remember the movie Matilda with uh, mm -hmm. my mom's like, oh, you're like Matilda. Like she was joking around. I'm like, no, this is scary. It's not funny. <laughs> and, um, but it's interesting because I'm look, I'm thinking back and I don't remember why I was staring into the hallway, but I must've seen something that I can't remember. My adult mind can't remember now. So things like that. And I, those were the two experiences I can remember hearing my name being called by my aunt <laughs> from across the country, I guess. And this light in the hallway. Otherwise, there were so many stories in my family of apparitions, like grandparents appearing, brother, deceased siblings appearing to family members who are living. So many stories of that. I feel like every member of my immediate family has seen a soul in full form. 
I except wow. well, I have two, but it was very quick um, in my adulthood. But in my childhood, I always heard these stories growing up. So there was a sense of comfort around talking about these things. And my dad was also a tarot card reader. He stopped for I'm not sure what reason, but he stopped when I became a teenager. Um, but I would see him on the phone of people doing readings um, for, oh. for for pay. Yeah. And and I think being part uh, Latino and being Catholic, having Catholic roots, there's so much mysticism that Latinos, some Latino cultures apply to Catholicism where it's like there's a belief in witchcraft, but you just don't delve into it, but you know it's there and it exists or, or psychic abilities. Yeah, that's I was kind of all over the place sharing that, but that's that's my upbringing in a nutshell. No, lovely. Yeah, I love that. There's so many there's so much good stuff in there. I think it's amazing that so many people in your family have seen, you know, a spirit appearing or probably not a ghost. Um hopefully not, you know, like the difference between sort of the spirit and a ghost. Yeah. Um but wow, I mean so it it sounds like it runs really strong within uh your family lineage, which is just super cool to think about. There's something that I really just love about that. And and I think what you mentioned at the beginning, which I totally believe too, is like, we can all tap into this. And I think it really depends. Like, so maybe your family just sort of has this sort of just like natural openness to it. And, and that sort of like is passed down within your lineage, which I think is really cool. So where did you, when you had, when you were like, okay, this tarot reading happened, you're like, I can really tap into this. I really feel this. Where did you start in terms of developing your abilities? Yeah, so it was funny because a few months before I did that tarot reading where this soul came through, I was on the app called Meetup. I don't know if, if you've heard of it, but it's yeah. it's an app where people create groups to gather and meet, literally meet up in surrounding hobbies or interests. And I remember I was I used to be obsessed with getting readings, like being the recipient and sitter in readings. And I was looking on Meetup because things tend to be free on Meetup for like <laughs> free psychic or mediumship readings. And I saw this group mediumship circle, whatever it might be called. I forgot what it's called. And then I, I followed it. I joined it, quote unquote, virtually. But then I realized, oh, this circle is for people. This group is for people who think they are medium. So I'm not really going to go. And then three months later, this tarot card reading happens. And then I thought, wait, there's that group that I remember reading about. <laughs> and I had this experience. Maybe I should go to that group. So that's the circle that I've been a part of for a couple years. And I'm, I'm a huge proponent for... Um, reading books written by mediums, but also like putting putting the practice into effect. And whether it's practicing with your loved ones, like people who are willing to be your sitters or the recipients of the reading. Um, what I did is on Instagram, I have, I have always had a public Instagram. So I just kind of put a call to action out there like, hey, if you want to help me practice my skills, you can book a reading with me, pay as you wish or free reading. Um, so I think putting it into practice and kind of getting over that hump of like, what if I'm going to be wrong is really important. That's what really helped me. So for me, it was joining that mediumship circle. Um, and there's so many out there um, and reading, reading up a lot about these things and also getting to know other mediums through social media podcasts. There is a podcast called Mediumship Matters by Hannah McIntyre that I am obsessed with that podcast it's almost like a life changer for me. I felt so much less alone because podcasts like that and podcasts like the one that, that we're talking on right now just help simplify things. I think historically, this idea of only select people can do this. And it's like, and we were talking about this before, before we hit record, like I have all the knowledge 
and I'm just going to tell you what to do, what to believe or how to practice. Podcasts like Mediumship Matters, it's just like, it just, they help me feel like it kind of democratizes it for lack of a better word, just makes it feel so much more accessible and less intimidating. So yeah, Mediumship Circle or Group books and podcasts. I would say those three things have really, they really helped me when I started on my journey. Yeah. that That's exactly the word that I was going to say too. It, like podcasts and, and I think especially podcasts really democratize it. Like most people have the podcast app on their phone or like there's so many ways to listen to podcasts. And I had the same, I haven't listened to Mediumship Matters, but I had the same experience with um, a podcast that I've mentioned a lot on this show is Psychic Teachers. And it, it gave me the same feeling. Like I my journey started out super fear-based, like really pushing everything away and all that stuff. And then I just started listening to that podcast and being like, oh, like this doesn't have to be scary. There's a lot of really cool stuff that can happen. And also I'm not alone. And the people who are participating in this, they're, they're very approachable, you know? So that's, yeah, I totally agree. I, I when I had one experience, this is before I discovered my abilities, there was somebody, <laughs> I talk about this a lot, and maybe I shouldn't, but it's okay. It's part of my journey. <laughs> but there is somebody on, on on Instagram that I that that is a psychic medium, and I had followed them for a while and joined their lives, Instagram lives, and watched them do readings. They did a reading for me often on Instagram live, but I also paid them for reading once. And I kind of saw them as like, they are, this was before I realized that we can all do this. I thought, okay, they're special. I'm going to learn a lot from them, or they're going to give me answers to the things I'm going through or the people I want to connect with. And I made them the authority. And so something that I always tell people is when it comes to selecting our mentors or teachers, I heard this phrase recently and I loved it. Like a, a true mentor is somebody who's going to want their mentees, like want to lift up their mentees, not keep their mentees at a level where they need to always ask them for the answers. And I thought that is so brilliant because this person, I felt like there was a lot of like, here I am, uh, like them saying, them giving the energy of like, you need to come to me and I'm the one to clear the negative stuff and the attachments and all that stuff. And the when I detached from that person, it was a little rough because they they noticed it. <laughs> they called mm-hmm. it out like you they unf- they didn't name me, but they unfollowed me and they're betraying me. And like, you know what? If if a mentor or a teacher talks that way and feel expects a following or loyalty, I think as much as much as like I mentioned the podcasts, the books and a mediumship practice group. I think having a mentor teacher is really important, but it's also really important to be very discerning and pick somebody as a mentor or teacher who wants to see you succeed. And I don't, I, I mean, this, this hits at my ego even to say this, but I think a true mentor or teacher isn't afraid of their student or their mentee going further than they did. It's like being a Jedi. <laughs> kind yeah, of. no, I totally agree. And thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, that sounds super stressful, first of all. And discernment is a word that we use a lot on this podcast because I think it is so important. And I think discernment really plays into our intuition too. I think like you can strengthen your discernment through your intuition. And thank you so, so much for sharing that because yeah, I think it is really important to use discernment. And I think you're totally right. Like mentors and teachers and people in that type of space, in a space that is supposed to be uplifting. Yeah, they absolutely should be okay with their people going further than maybe them or like reaching some sort of new point 
that is higher than, or like, you know, they help them get there, but then they can move forward without like sapping them of energy and dragging them back into like a space of, you know, not moving on. So very ego-based, it sounds like, which is scary because you'll, you will find in every industry, you will find that, but yeah, you'll definitely also find it in like spirituality space and social media for sure exactly with social media there's so many of us and I'm, i don't believe i i don't really believe there's such thing as a quote-unquote bad psychic i just think i i know there are very good talented psychics who take advantage it doesn't mm. mean they're not gifted or they don't have the skill they just they 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 boost um ads that say you were meant to see this but no you paid for me to see this it's like doesn't mean they're not good psychics they're just i mean as controversial as it may sound i think they're going about it the wrong way Mm, no i agree with you i i've said this a lot on my instagram stories if if an instagram reel tells me to stop scrolling because this message is for me, I will keep fucking scrolling. I will fucking keep, like, I will immediately, my fingers like flip because like, I don't know why. I don't know. It just makes me irrationally mad when it's like, stop scrolling. I'm like, no, you don't tell me what to do. And yeah, they're usually boosted. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I feel kind of icky about that for sure. That's how I feel when I see I don't know who needs to hear this, but I'm like, listen, how many times do we have to say that phrase? <laughs> like it's, it's passe now. Like I get Retire it. Retire the it. phrase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really, I think about that a lot in terms of when I'm thinking about my own social media strategy is like, I um, like universal polls and stuff are really interesting to me, but I never want to say like, stop scrolling or this message is specifically for you. Like I just, like, I've seen some people be like, this message is coming through. It's a woman with brown hair and she's telling you to move on. Like, how can we be putting that on social media for 200,000 people to see? It just feels so impersonal to me. And maybe this, yeah, maybe as I'm talking, I'm hoping I'm not pissing anybody off who does that, but I don't know. It just, to me, for my own practice, it just doesn't feel right to, to like do all that weird specific stuff for a huge mass of people i don't know yeah and i think if you're gonna tell people to stop scrolling like i have one video where i have the word stop as the first frame but then what i say next it's like very like your loved ones are around you like look for the signs it's not like stop and then i have a 20 percent discount on (laughs) or like or like if you want your ex back like it's there has to be so much intention and it's not that the marketing tactics themselves are bad. Like it's okay for a psychic to boost a post to promote their readings. Yep. They have to make money, especially if they're full time. Like yes. I don't work full time as a psychic. So I have the privilege of having a nine to five that pays my, the majority of my bills. So of course there's nothing wrong with advertising or promoting yourself to be on a podcast. It's all about the intention and just making sure there's integrity. That's the most important thing. Yes, I agree. And and just making sure that it's not fear-based or or anything like that. Yes. I think a lot of them do feel a little bit like that. Yeah. There's some off the, I could say I could I could name names off the top of my head, but I won't. I won't. No, but- if I get another Dr. Umbuktu got my ex back <laughs> as a comment, I'm like Yeah, it's they're they're I mean, we're human and humans know how to tug at people's fears and use that to draw i mean look that's that's kind of the story of american 
capitalism. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Oh not my to gosh, get political. Know, it's, it's so, no, yeah, no, I was just thinking the other day, like, I feel like in so many of my episodes, I talk shit on capitalism or I'll just be like anti, it, like, it's becoming obvious that I'm, that I'm an anti-capitalist and it's just, it's kind of funny at this point. So if you couldn't tell before, I guess I just said it out loud. So I just do with that what you will. Safe but space, yes, I safe agree. Space. <laughs> <laughs> um yes I yeah I totally agree it's tough like mar the marketing yourself in I think in a way of integrity is is super important in this work for sure so back on a lighter note now that we've done that what does mediumship feel like to you how do people's loved ones come through for you yeah they come through with a lot of personality and I know that this is this we've heard a lot of people say this on tv but for me it's like it's jokes it's emotions usually the first thing they show me is an image. So it could be an image that is a literal object that they kept or that someone, the person I'm talking to kept or someone else kept in the family, or it symbolizes something like a blue blanket. It could mean like a little boy um, that is on the way, or it's a literal blue blanket that grandma had at the foot of her bed in the hospital. So it's, it's always starting with an image, but sometimes, um, well, almost always there's personality. So spirit will make me feel, were they a jokester? Were they a little more serious, more reserved? Um, would they have even had, uh, um, like cursing is not off limits in readings. I'll tell the person like, I'm gonna curse because they're, they're saying a curse word, but like in a jovial joking way. So I've had spirits say like, go F yourself as a joke. And they would <laughs> say, and the person said, yeah, that's exact. They would say something like that. So. It's really like for me, what really comes to clearly is is the person's personality as it was in this in the physical world, but showing up in the spirit world to validate that it's them. Um, I do not see spirit. I, I have seen spirit before in my life, but like in the corner of my eye, but during a reading, I don't see shadows. I don't see them in front of me, which kind of makes it sometimes harder to feel like, is this really happening? Because um, I still sometimes feel that way, like the imposter syndrome. Um, but I just know that the the personalities, the emotions, and the visuals I'm seeing and sensing, they're not, I'm not thinking them up. They're coming from somewhere. And then they end up being validating for, for the other person. Um, so even though I may not see spirit, just the the sensations and the emotions that come up, um, that's how they communicate. And that's how they use me as a channel. And I think it's important. I always remind myself like, the way that I channel isn't better or worse than the next person. I think spirit chooses the right medium for the right recipient. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. It's so important to remember that mediumship can come through in so many different ways. Yeah. Like I, in, in my lifetime have seen plenty of little ghosties, you know, mostly when I'm waking up or walking down a hallway, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, when I'm reading for somebody mediumship and bringing through a loved one it's all in my mind's eye there's really like I'm not you know seeing anybody in, in front of me and I think sometimes that can be hard for people to wrap their head around if they're not in the work and so if you're listening and you're like what the hell is your mind's eye like the way I define it is like when you're reading a book right and they're, maybe they're describing a castle or a palace or a person if you can see that it, or visualize it in your head that's what your mind's eye is so if somebody's bringing through a, a symbol of like a locket you're I'm gonna see that in my mind's eye it's hard to explain because I'll look sort of forward and I'm seeing it but I'm not seeing it with my eyeballs if 
if that makes that's sense. That's a so brilliant, the book metaphor or analogy, that's a brilliant way to describe it. I've never heard that description before. I think that's a perfect way to put it. And I yeah. think that's why, like, well, when, like, when we're reading a book, we have something feeding us to give us the visual when, I don't know if you agree, but when we're channeling, that happens too, but it's not something we're looking at in front of us that's feeding the visual. It's literally feeling like it's coming from nowhere. Ooh, yes. It's coming from spirit which makes it yeah. mind boggling. And that's why the, my first experience during that tarot card reading and then when that reading ended and I was feeling the way the person passed, like, where is this headache? Because he had a head wound. Where is this headache oh, wow. coming from? Like, I don't get it. Um, but yeah, the way you just described it, it, that's exactly what it feels like. It's like it's like when I ask people, like if you, if I were to ask you, what did you do yesterday? I went to the grocery store. Okay, what did you get at the grocery store? I got milk. And as they're saying that they're remembering flashes of going to the store, entering the store, and maybe a flash of the milk carton, grabbing the milk carton, putting in the cart. That's exactly what it feels like for me. It's these flashes. And that's why I also, not all the time, but I tend to try and write, um, like scribble or write while I'm channeling. Because yeah, if too. I think of something, not I shouldn't say think of something, because it's really, if I, you know what, I'll say think of something, because I think I'm afraid of saying that, because then people might think thinking it up. Right. But I think spirit knows what they're doing, even if we're thinking of something during a reading. But if I'm thinking of something or something pops up, I need to remember to like write it down immediately or I'll start to overthink it or analyze it way too much. So if I've written down the word blanket, I don't have to think too hard about it. I'll just say, I see a blanket yep. <laughs> instead of going down a rabbit hole and keeping it up here. So that's why I, I scribble while I channel. Yeah, I do too. I usually have my journal open. I will write like before I'm almost somebody, I'll do like meditation, all the clearing, all that stuff. And then I'll usually write their name at the top and I'll write, I am a clear conduit for spirit. And then when the reading starts, uh, yeah, I'll just sort of start writing stuff down. It helps me just do something with my hands and keeps me sort of like more in my flow than like staring at them and being like, okay, I have a grandmother coming through. Like it just, I don't know. It, it just, yeah. helps sort of like keep the flow. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Totally agree with that. What are some of your favorite ways that you access your intuition for your own self? Meditation. And I'm not a perfect meditator. I actually have just gotten back into meditating. So something that I did before the pandemic, I picked up the practice of journaling, like right when I wake up, do what I got to do, not to be like TMI, but like, you know, use the restroom, have a drink of water, and then immediately go to like journaling. Um, and writing down on the pages, the thoughts and the feelings I woke up with to kind of like leave them there, like all the anxieties, because I, I do struggle with anxiety. I grew up with um, struggling with OCD and some and, and I'm a Gemini. So all those three together, big whammy. Um, <laughs> so waking up in the morning, I try to journal for 15 minutes and just write down everything that I'm thinking about. I do call them like my letters to God. I say like, hi, God, good morning. Thank you for and I list three things. I just write my feelings out. And then after I'm finished journaling, I'll try and meditate for five to seven minutes, either with like sound bowl music, meditation music, or just in silence. And I feel like since I started doing that years ago, even though I've had breaks in between and have not been totally consistent with it, when I've done that, it just, it sets me up for a day of just leaving any anxiety in the page and moving forward with the rest of of my schedule or the day. And I think when I'm in that state of not holding the anxieties as closely, I'm better able to tap into my intuition, not just when it comes to readings, just in life, 
and that discernment, the living life with discernment, just way easier. And my confidence builds up a little more. And for a reading, um, I do try and meditate before I do a reading, like three to five minutes, just to like calm the mind. I've also, I've worked with a mentor who has done some exercises with me, exercises with me. Like one of the exercises is he'll give me like a three or four digit number that is tied to an image he has on his computer. And then with the number, like I have to try and like gauge like what are symbols or the formations, the shapes I'm seeing, and then he'll reveal the image to me and we'll talk about it. That's so cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. So it can be like that. And I haven't done that in a while, but something like that to just even not having a mentor, just meditating and just, and I think also something I sometimes do before I have a reading in the evening that someone has booked with me, I'll walk my dog and I'll put my phone on silent or leave my phone at home and just take my, I gotta be safe in New York, just take my wallet and keys, especially the keys, but at least my wallet or my phone and just go for a walk with my dog and just not look at my phone just to kind of reset my mind. And I find that being outside is a big resetter for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've probably said this before. People are probably sick of hearing it, but I really think that the more we can just connect with nature, even if the, I know like the funny phrase is like, go touch grass, but honestly, we all need to like go touch more grass. Yeah. Sometimes I really do feel like just the little connection with nature can just really bring you into your body and also keep you really, really nice and connected. So Cool. What is a myth that you want to dispel about psychic mediumship, the spiritual community overall? That we are all aiming to be sinless, perfect human beings. I think something that I I'm really trying to put out there is that actually yesterday. So yesterday I put up this Instagram story. I'm in a new relationship. Um, but before I was in this new monogamous relationship, I was a sexually active person as a single person. And so yesterday I put up an Instagram story, like I'm a huge proponent for get yourself tested if you're sexually active, HIV, syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, all the above. And so once in a while, when I get tested, I like to, maybe it's TMI, but I like to put it up to remind people you should take care of yourself and get yourself checked up if you're sexually active. It's a way of taking care of yourself while still taking care of your community, whether you're straight, gay, or any any um, category of queer. Like, it doesn't matter your orientation or your your uh, your identity. And so, I'm saying that, mentioning this because I think in the past, if I would have seen a psychic medium put something up like that, I would have thought, oh, that's like you have sex (laughs) (laughs) or you you're sexually active like like you've been sexually active as a single person so i'm and i'm i'm not i'm shameless about this because it's just like i'm human and we're human humans eat i eat burgers i eat fries i also do yoga i go to the gym i have a boyfriend we have a sex life like (laughs) um i get angry i get pissed and then I, I say, sorry, I make mistakes. And I think this idea that, especially with social media, it was already bad with like TV and TV shows, but with social media, that a spiritual worker has to be like, uh, okay, these are bad examples, like the Pope Dalai Lama, because they're also human, that right. we have to be like Jesus figures. It's like, I really want to dispel that myth that we're not functioning humans. We're not all on mountaintops doing crow's pose and, and and doing breathing exercises all day long we i i i really believe that if i was not meant to live a few fully human life i would have stayed in the spirit world 
And if someone wants to be that hermit, wants to, you know, that's fine. I don't judge it, but it doesn't make anyone less spiritual or less of a psychic or medium because they want to have McDonald's one night or because they, they are, they decide to be a sexually active single person. It's just, we're all on such an individual journey. And, and all that judgment is what I stepped away from when I stepped away from the Catholic church. Why do I, why do I want to enter into this free thinking realm of spirituality and have all these boxes to fit into it just doesn't sit right with me mm. i didn't step into this work or into this realm of belief to then feel like i have to be perfect that's what me being catholic was for <laughs> so yes Christian. I, yeah and and i i find that there is a lot of well i shouldn't say it's a lot of like law of attraction like there's i if i say there's a lot of judgment in this realm it's only because maybe i'm following the wrong people on instagram I just have to, I think it's about finding your tribe. I think it's just important to, there's nothing wrong with having your own parameters or boundaries, but then letting other people live their own journey and whatever that looks like, as long as they're not harming themselves or harming other people. Yes. Hoe your own row. Have you heard the song? Mind no your pun own intended. Biscuits? Yeah. <laughs> the Mind Your Own Biscuits by Casey Musgraves. Great song. Um, I love Casey, but I don't know yeah, that song. <laughs> it's so good. It's kind of like exactly what you just said. Like let people have their own journey. It's really, really good. Um, so I suggest it anybody who, who's listening. Great song. Great song. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally agree with you. And I think a lot of the things that you said, if we're going to talk about sex a little bit, like the whole like sex in the spirituality space, you'll see sex is an energy exchange. So if you're going around having sex with lots of people, like you're just giving your energy away and you're taking on other people's. And it's like, doesn't that just sound like purity culture repackaged? Like it does. So exactly. I don't know. So everybody do with that what you will, but that's my opinion. And any- yeah, like, you know, one of my favorite little things to do is I don't do it every week, but like a little treat, this sounds so fucking stupid but i love it i go to wawa because i'm in pennsylvania okay i love wawa i visit my family in delaware and i always have to get a cookies and cream milkshake oh my gosh they're so good yes um so anyways yeah i will go to wawa i'll get like a milkshake or a fluricane or like whatever they're selling oh you know what they have right now which are so good it's an ice cream parfait and it sounds exactly like what it is it's just like oreos layered with ice cream and it's so good now so that myself- is sex. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll get myself one of those and buy myself a scratch off or two. And it's like, it feels, it's, it's like super duper human, right? Like that's like, it's money and sweets. And I love it. You know, I love doing my little scratch off. Sometimes I win a little bit of money. Not, not all the time. I haven't won big yet. I am convinced that I'm going to win at least one big sum of money from the lottery in my life. I just have this feeling. Knock on wood. Exactly. (laughs) I'm manifesting it. Um, But yeah, so like we, every single psychic and medium that you know has, hopefully, has their little like real human, like aren't we here to be human, you know? So Yeah, and I think so much of it has to do also with, you know, if if sex or food or um, playing the lottery, anything, we can make anything a compulsion or an addiction like i'll be like i myself have struggled with with sex as a compulsion because i would seek so much validation in sex with people because i didn't feel good enough so that's when i had to tell myself and think think to myself okay i'm using this activity as a way for me to feel good about myself that's when i know it's not healthy for me and i think intention is so important and food there i mean i have i have um peers and colleagues who are in in recovery programs for substances for 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 sex for and 
it's so individual. Like for some people, sex is an addiction. For other people, it's not. And that's okay. Those are two different ways to live or different ways to function. And as long as you know what you shouldn't touch or what is healthy or not healthy for you, that's all that matters. And someone who um, is into a certain type of like kink, I don't judge that even though I'm not into it because that's what helps them feel free and expressive. If it were to be something that made them feel inferior or subordinate, that'd be a different story. But it's such an individual feeling. And if, yeah, it's the same thing with like, I've also struggled with food. I, I, I was very close to having an eating disorder as a teenager because I was so such a I, I am a perfectionist. And so I know that I, I have to navigate food sometimes a little bit differently than other people can or navigate like body image a little differently. Um, and I know what's healthy for me. But if I want to have a burger and fries once in a while, it's, it doesn't mean I'm less spiritual that day. Mm, yes, Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Love it. Such a good, such good myths to dispel. I think really good conversation. This has been so much fun. I have one last question and that is what can someone who's listening right now do in their life to open their door to their natural psychic or mediumship abilities? It's a big and good question. I'm going to go back, not as a cop-out, but to what I said, just if you have that curiosity almost like approach it like with your inner child, just pursue that curiosity. If, if you don't like to read, then listen to a podcast. If you like to read, pick up a book by a spiritualist or a medium. And I think also even before buying or listening to anything, just put the thoughts out there. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of praying to our loved ones. And just like thoughts are, are energy in of themselves. And it's kind of like I was saying recently in, in a reel that thoughts are kind of like spells. Even though I personally don't cast spells, I, I don't resonate with casting spells. I do believe thoughts are like spells. And the thoughts that we create can really shift or set our mindset about something. And I think if you're curious and you want to open that door, just saying like, hey, universe, God, source, if you want to call it, like, hey, universe, I'm really wanting to delve into this and i'm so excited show me the way and just without expectation just see what happens but almost like keep that as a mantra so yeah even before buying anything or downloading anything or even before talking to somebody just like center like our soul is our biggest teacher like center yourself in your soul and just pray with your soul to the universe to your higher power or to a loved one if it's grandma and that's the person you want to pray to just put that out, that energy out there. And then maybe what follows is you'll discover that podcast. You'll discover that book. You'll find someone on Instagram that you feel like you click with. Cause you know, not every psychic or not every spiritual worker, we're not like, I'm not for everybody and that's okay. But if you put the energy out there, you'll fi eventually find the right people that you feel you click with. And that discernment also picks up because you're tapping more into your soul and opening yourself up as well. So a lot i said a lot there but i would say first check in and center within yourself and say that prayer or mantra and open yourself up and then be open to what comes your way as a result of doing that yes i love that and i want to mention that sort of happened to you in a way like you were looking at meetups right and then you were like "Ooh, this is for mediumship it's not for me and then a few weeks later it did end up being for you so i love that little full circle moment absolutely totally. yeah, yeah. Love yeah. it. Juan, thank you so, so much for being here and sharing so much of your journey and 
and all this great, great stuff. I think people are going to absolutely love this episode. So, oh, can you tell me where listeners can find you? Yeah, sure. And thank you. And I, it's, it's, it was an honor to chat with you. Thank you so much. I, I love your podcast. So I go by Juan Francisco. You can find me on Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, I forget what I'm on Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> and TikTok, but mostly on Instagram at Juan third eye. And my podcast is third eye site. Wonderful. Juan, thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you, Haley. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you love the podcast and listen on Apple, please be sure to rate and leave a review. If you want more from Opening the Door, follow along on Instagram at Opening the Door Podcast. Have a question about psychic work or psychic development? Email openingthedoorpodcast at gmail.com and you might have your question included in one of our future Q&A episodes.